This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by us. Head on over to the website, www.runeatdrink.net. Click on support the show. Pick up some swag for those last-minute Christmas gifts. Nothing says Merry Christmas quite like some swag from the Run, Eat, Drink podcast store, and every purchase helps keep the lights on here at your favorite Runcation show. Hi, I'm Jeff Galloway, and you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Runny Drink Podcast, episode 91. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. I feel that I am still recovering from travel. I am right there with you. We are definitely recording a little bit late. Yes. Uh, normally, we have this episode out on Tuesday morning. It's going to be dropping into the feed Tuesday evening. We just needed a little bit of extra time to recover from the hustle and the bustle of the weekend and then the travel. And I feel like when you have a long run or you do a longer race... The day after, yes, you are sore, but I think the second day is worse. Oh, absolutely. It's where I am right now. That's that delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. Oh, is day that two. It? Yep, that is it. Well, and the reason I'm still recovering is what we're going to start talking about in this episode the Jeff Galloway weekend it, it, it i will always feel like it is the jeff galloway half marathon weekend but it has a new title it is the Northside hospital orthopedic institute half marathon weekend powered by jeff galloway wow that's a mouthful yeah i had to take a breath <laughs> but what a great race what a great weekend <laughs> and we are recovering from just a fantastic weekend yes. of running eating and drinking and we had to break it up into two episodes and actually a couple of quick bites. And maybe even some of that will be in the form of video. Quite possibly. So keep an eye out for that over yes. the next couple of weeks. Yes. Today we're going to talk about, or on this episode, we're going to recap Barb's 5K, which is the first race of the entire weekend. And then we will talk about... A recommendation from a friend of the show, Bantam Pub. And we will end with our drink portion, New Realm Brewing, which came to our podcast as a result of being a site from the half marathon course. So that's the plan for today. Well, I like that plan. And the reason I like that plan is that this is one of my favorite 5Ks that we run period. And tell me why. Of course, I'm partial going back to Atlanta. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I went to college in Atlanta, lived up there for about seven years. And we like to go back to this race into my old stomping grounds once a year. It gives us an opportunity to see places that 
I went enjoyed when I was in college, mm. a little walk down memory lane, also yeah. to see new things and things that have changed. And we get to experience some seasonality while we're up there too, which is not so bad. Oh, the sights are gorgeous. And the setting for Barb's 5K, Barb Galloway, Jeff's wife and partner in running and in life. She has a 5K on Saturday of the race weekend. And then his half marathon is Sunday. And it's 3.1 miles in Piedmont Park. And that's the other reason I like this race. What a gorgeous park. It includes a dog park. Hello. This is a multi-acre park that has old facilities that were built in the early 1900s. You've got... Uh, a dog park. You've got, I believe, a community garden in there. You've got mm-hmm. just these huge fields that people play on and on and on. It is, and it's rolling hills and an a, excellent view of the skyline and a paved running path. Yes, that is really closed off to traffic. This race, let's, let's start at the beginning. The, oh, so yes. The, the race Sorry. actually starts. Just outside of the park. Yes. Jeff's running store, Fidipides, which is the first running store of its kind. Mm-hmm. And it, it is an Ainsley Mall in Atlanta. And just a short jaunt, maybe a couple of blocks up, would be the start of Barb's 5K. Mm-hmm. Right to the entrance of the Ainsley Park um, neighborhood. Yes. So there was the the big starting banner uh, arch. Yeah, big inflatable. They did a inflatable nice job Inflatable arch. This year. Yes. And they had people from Northside Hospital Orthopedic Institute conducting a warm up. That was kind of new and kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, there was some music and there was a pre-race, I mean, like, you know, like knee lifts and like lunges and... Yeah, they're doing like a little class right there at the just, start line. Yeah, yeah. And there weren't corrals because it's a nice size race. And Jeff and Barb come on and welcome everybody and there's the national anthem and then they have... All of us runners and walkers line up according to pace on good faith. Just, you know, the fastest people, let's put them at the front. And then if you're a walker, you're at the tail end. And then if you're somewhere in between, kind of line up where you feel like your your pace is. And I like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it it is it's big enough of a race that you've got a nice representation of all running abilities yes. there. Mm-hmm. And it's not so big that you need to do waves or corrals or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. And we saw fellow podcasters like Kevin from the Extra Mile podcast and Extra Milers from the uh, Extra Mile podcast group. On Facebook. Yes. And we saw... Uh, several people in, they're not tutus, but they have the, the tool running skirts. Mm-hmm. And just some people are decked out for the holidays. It It's such a fun little 
atmosphere. Yeah, very, very relaxed, very convivial. Everybody mm-hmm. was just smiling and talking with each other. If you, yeah. A lot of people still were holding on to their coffee and sipping coffee. It was not as cold as it has been the last true. three years. That is true. Last year we were out there and I believe the starting temperature was uh, in the... Twenty nine degrees. Yeah, yeah. It was it was right at freezing, and this year it was in the forties, which I mean felt warmer. You could have gotten away with a short sleeve kind of tech running t shirt. Oh yeah, and shorts or leggings and that. I mean it it because once you get going and you're warm, it's it's the perfect running weather. Yeah, I doubled up on the shirt. I had uh, the long sleeve shirt that we were given um, when we went to go do our packet pickup. And then I wore my regular running shirt over that. But mm-hmm. then I had my running kilt on. So yeah, I felt very comfortable in that. Yeah, you could. it could have been a, a one t-shirt kind of deal, which I was very glad to have because last year... It was 29 degrees and rainy. Yes. The entire weekend. Yes. So very, very lucky. So so we start slightly outside of the park at that archway. And when they count us down, after Barb gives her welcome and gets us going, then we pass through the archway. We kind of go around the block in this neighborhood on the outskirts of Piedmont Park. Mm-hmm. And then we take a downhill Yep, that leads us into Piedmont Park. And listen, you see the finish line before you really hit mile one. Oh, yeah. You're, wait, you are, basically, once you go into Piedmont Park, it's a loop. Yes. And then you're coming back out the way you came into Piedmont, uh-huh. and you're right there at the finish line. Yeah, so we got a preview of the finish line, and I was it you or was it Kevin that said, this is the shortest 5K ever? I think there were several of us making um, smart remarks like that as we were getting ready <laughs> to head into the park. Yeah, so we got teased by the finish line, and then we took a right into the park. And yeah. that is, I think, one of the most beautiful entries that you could do into uh, the park because there's a, a little ravine to your left with a creek going through it. The trees, you know, are, it's now fall, so you have a lot of fallen, you know, yellow and brown leaves. Beautiful. Um, you had sunlight coming through there. Mm-hmm. It was just gorgeous. And the, uh, you know, as you're running, you're on the path, and it just takes you kind of this meandering, curving path under a bridge. Mm-hmm. And then the first major site you get to is the dog park. Yes. Yeah, I really, I like the gray uh, brown, gray and brown stone structures that we pass yes. along the way. And you could definitely duck into a, a, a restroom if you needed to. There are a couple of restroom stops that are mm-hmm. available in Piedmont Park. They're yeah. open mm-hmm. during the race. Yeah. You can duck in, take care of your bio break, and yeah. then get right back on the course. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I availed myself of that because I had my morning coffee. It, it But you are right. One of my favorite things about this race, it's, it's the dog park. And you are flanked on either side because they 
they break up the dog park by by size of dog. Yep, big dogs so, on the left, little dogs on the right. Yeah, and they they have each a fenced-in area mm-hmm. to accommodate those sizes of dogs. A big fenced-in area. Yeah, and it's so great because it's like this hilly, grassy area where they can play and run and... Oh, those dogs were so cute. And you've also got the the patrons who are going into the dog park. Mm-hmm. Some of them are on the course. Everybody's yep. dogs are leashed. Everybody was so nice. Yeah. And, you know, we're... We're waving at people and the dogs and the mm-hmm. dogs. Some of them want to come up and check you out when you run by the fence. Yeah. It's just kind of a cool spot. It's a cool part yeah. of the run. And it, it, it's nice. Usually when we get to that part of the run, it's just before mile one. And we share that path with some of the lead runners coming back on the left-hand side. So we're on the right. They're on the left. And usually we'll see... Somebody on an elliptigo yes. saying, lead runner, yeah, they lead us- runner. Jeff usually has one of his one of his people on the elliptigo, and that's the, the pace vehicle for the yes. for the race. And <laughs> I I believe that was the same thing this year. Yeah. And the, the first runner came back. Everybody's clapping for that first runner oh, as they're yeah. coming through. And yeah. you know, super quick times as oh. far as you know, for some people. But then, you know. You have the middle of the Packers and the back of the Packers like us. And yeah. then you had people behind us. Yeah. So, so, you know, like I said, ability levels of all, all stripes. Kinds. Yeah. All kinds. So we had the lead runners pass us. And then we round a corner and we end up at the first water stop in the mile one marker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then we go, we go through that and kind of do we go a little bit further don't we you go a little bit further then you kind of have like a, a meandering path that takes you uphill a little bit and you go around some of the other facilities in the park which are again beautiful buildings yes yeah, they're they're granite buildings they are housing some of the restroom facilities yeah. They're adjacent to some of the playground areas kind of kind of go around that and then you basically get to mile two and yeah. then you start heading back downhill um you get back to mile three and that puts you pretty close to that water stop again so again. it's you you would you can avail yourself of that water stop twice yeah so that's pretty smart. And then you basically have the the point one one as you head out of the park. Yeah, and you you pass that those beautiful sights of that that forestry and that ravine that you're talking about again. And who meets you at the end of that path but Barb Galloway? Just as literally as you're exiting the park, she's standing right there. She's clapping everybody in. Mm-hmm. I think you ran over and got a hug. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And then we just trot on around the corner and right through the arch mm-hmm. to finish. Yes. And we receive water and our medals. Yeah. No food at the end of this one. No. But they did have ample water for all the runners. And of course, oh, yeah. great bling. She does have a very nice medal. I think it's just beautiful. You know, the leaves, the white, the black, the gold. 
And the ribbon was a little bit different Mm -hmm. this year. I think that the ribbon that held the medal had Barb's 5K really prominently and boldly in all capital letters on on the ribbon. Yes. Which was awesome. Yeah. They they did a really nice job. This is similar to the medal, or the medal is the same as last year. Yes. The ribbon is different. Yes. Um, they did a great job on the medal, the ribbon, mm-hmm. and the whole race, really and truly. But there's something that we didn't initially talk about. If you're going to say the T-shirt... Yes. Yes. Because you have to run the race and then go back to Fidipides to pick up your Barb's 5K t-shirt, which is included in your race entry phase. Which, okay, now they've they've made some changes this year, and this is a good chance for us to talk about it because we didn't even mention the expo. Oh, that's true. Um, but they changed it. So you, in order to get your Barb's 5K, you have to go back to Fidipides, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the shirt is totally different. Yes. Last year, it was a white kind of tech t-shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, had a very, like, there were blue and red and green kind of designs Yeah, on it. I wasn't a huge fan of the shirt last year. No? For that one. Mm-mm. This one, I I'm also, I'm not really, really a huge fan of white shirts. Well, I'm not. I don't wear white shirts, even though I should, because we're in Florida and it's hot and that the the white is probably better for me. I just don't like the way I look in a white shirt. I just like other colors. Yeah. And we got our wish. We did. That green is something I have not ever seen I don't think that it's a it was a cotton shirt which is different from like the tech t-shirt I think it's a like a poly cotton blend like a poly cotton blend but it was like a it's not like a dark green not like a forest green it's it's like a I I don't even know what name I would give that it's a muted softer green yeah it's it's not quite a olive drab green or a Mm-mm. boba fett green no it's a little brighter than that the shirt ha- it's it's um that poly cotton is almost like the under armor charged cotton a long sleeve it's a long sleeve fantastic job on the shirt this i year. love it and very yeah. comfortable so we went back we picked it up mm-hmm and we saw Jeff running the, the kids' races. <laughs> yeah. He's wrangling the kids yeah. there. Because a- after the race, you go there, you pick up your shirt. They had um, hot chocolate and coffee, coffee and um, uh, carbohydrates you could get. You know, if you Bagels. wanted a bagel or a muffin. They, yeah. they had stuff out there in the store, kind of like a mixer or a social. Mm, yeah. And the you know, the parents who brought their kids there, Jeff grabbed them and took them out to go do the kids quarter. I think it was a kids quarter mile, right? Yeah, I well, they might have had different lengths of races for different age groups. Well, he was doing the quarter mile when we, we came. when we came in. Yeah. So that was getting done. This is very similar to what the race expo was this year. In previous yes. years, Jeff has done expos at downtown hotels Mm -hmm. and those have been great but he kind of brought it home this year i like to fidipides i really liked that it was more intimate i did too i like getting a chance to go through his store and of Mm -hmm. course we've actually 
been customers of the store yes. up in Atlanta. You've purchased shoes from there. Greg you've, is incredible there. You've dealt with Greg, oh. who is a longtime employee. And the guy so knows great. shoes. And so patient. And he'll spend as much time with you as you need mm-hmm. to custom, get you the right shoe, and then actually help make custom inserts oh, right there for yeah. you. He's fantastic. So check him out or check out Fidipides and go go talk to Greg. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. But just going there, picking up our, our initial bag, the, the swag that they gave us, which had the... Um, Northside Hospital, uh, what do you, I call them backpacks, but they're not really a, they're kind of a backpack. It's those drawstring, it's drawstring, one drawstring that would, bags that you can that you wear can on wear your back. As a backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really nice one. It has mm-hmm. the main compartment with a side zippered compartment that you can feed your headphones through. And it's, uh, it was n- like a navy blue color. Yeah. Navy blue, mm-hmm. nice screen printing of the logo and everything on mm-hmm. it. So that was great. Yeah. So Nice swag mm-hmm. there. And then, you know, of course, the T-shirt, like we mentioned. Yes. Yeah. And the the T-shirt that we got at the, at the expo mm-hmm. or gathering at the, that we got the, the half marathon shirt beforehand and then picked up Barb's 5K after her race. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and we got both bibs at, before the races even started yeah the bibs for the race we can start the bibs they give you at the initial expo and the expo mm-hmm. is very quick i mean there you're kind of you can go in hang out as much as you want mm-hmm. you can in and out real fast i mean the yeah. they had plenty of volunteers there mm-hmm. so there was no wait no and jeff was hanging out right around the orange juice and coffee they had um mimosas there did they? Yes, right now. You that. were focused on the coffee. I was. You were, but it was right there, right at that coffee station where we were standing and we ran into Jeff. And they had a Northside Hospital banner backdrop. Yes. And then they had signs that said really clever sayings you could take pictures with. Jeff made with. me do it. Yeah. I'm a legacy, I'm a legacy for if you are have been doing the race for for 6 years in a row. Yeah, and he, and Jeff had posed with you. They had the Northside Hospital folks there. In fact, mm-hmm. it was the same gentleman who was doing the warm, warm up, up at the 5K was there mm-hmm. doing the meet and greet and they were giving out um, hand balm. sanitizer, lip balm, mm-hmm. sunscreen, deodorant. Um, I, I think, think that, that was deodorant, wasn't it? I think that was the sunscreen. Was it? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Well, yeah. it looked like deodorant to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, we are, we already had all that stuff packed, yeah. so we didn't really have a need for it. But <laughs> it was nice that they were there giving it out nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And they're on hand to give advice. So. Oh, yeah. They were answering questions. You know, yeah. they were they were there super were ha- nice handouts about um spotting orthopedic injury yes and what to do about it guidelines handouts that really great nice group of folks so mm. much like the last couple of years mm-hmm. after the 5k this year there was an after party at one of our favorites yeah which is adjacent to Piedmont Park and oh, yeah. just up the hill from the finish line mm-hmm. at Orpheus Brewing I love Orpheus Brewing. I love it. And I love their beer. And we did 
Facebook and Instagram live videos out there on social media, uh, Runny Drink Podcast. That's our moniker for Facebook and for Instagram. You could check those out if you haven't already. And if you missed them and they disappear from our live video feeds before you get a chance to check them out, we may post them as quick bites in our podcast feed. Yeah, give you a chance to take a look at the brewery and some yeah. of the beers that we were sampling during the after party. Because just just a little bit about, they have 31 taps. All original stuff, no guest taps. No guest tap. taps. And it's just fantastic stuff, a wide variety for everyone. And we did talk about them last year. Mm-hmm. So like I said, we're going to, or like you said, we're going to have uh, that stuff that we covered during the Facebook and Instagram live videos yeah. later in the week mm-hmm. for you guys as um, quick bites. Yeah. And video quick bites in the feed. I made Dana get in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> that might've happened a couple of times this weekend. Yeah. It so. was good. It was so, good. He's more, a multi-talented individual. Yeah. Well, I so. don't know about talented, but yes. anyway, more to come yes. about Orpheus Brewing. But after a, a 5K, <sighs> the important thing is to refuel. You have to eat. You got to eat. Yeah. And we were looking for a great place in town that we would be able to grab something later in the morning. Yeah, brunch, lunch, something of that nature. And I happen to still have friends from my college years who are still living in the Atlanta area. And I'd like to shout out to my friend Christina Robertson, who was kind enough to refer us to uh, one of her favorites. And this is a local a, a spot that is really an attraction for the locals that live in the area Mm -hmm. around the Atlanta Beltline. And this is a community pub called Bantam. Bantam. And their logo, it's, it's like, it's a bat. Yeah. It's a bat. But then you walk in and I feel like it just, it has that small pub kind of, cheersy feel i mean i'm probably dating myself (laughs) by saying that it's it's even smaller than that but like that neighborhood pub feel yeah when you walk in or as you walk up it's it's really pretty it's right on the the corner you know and as you walk up there's the big front glass you go in and there's the bar on the right. Mm. There's a window that looks into like a back room mm-hmm. where you can go and sit and eat mm-hmm. and drink. And then along the left wall is just some tables. Yeah. Some kind of bench seating mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Booth bench seating. Yeah. Bench on the wall mm-hmm. and then table and then a chair. And just the coloring and the feel of it reminded me of just like a great Irish pub. Yeah, lots of wood, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, a medium hue wood, just gorgeous. I mean, there's really no uh, no better way to describe it. It's just very, you know, light, light to medium colored wood mm. and yeah, just eclectic and awesome. And we got there during brunch time. And... We availed ourselves of the brunch menu. Oh, I had a special 
I had the country fried steak and eggs special with grits and toast. Uh huh. And you? I went off the menu. I went something a little more, I don't know, traditional for brunch, I guess. I guess, yeah. Um, they had something on their menu called the cast iron frittata. And a frittata, for, to me, is usually a, just a fancy word for an omelet. Uh, but this one was loaded with potato hash, red pepper, onion, cheddar, and mahone cheese, manchego cheese, fried onions with a side of cheese grits and toast. Mm. Tell me about your steak and eggs. Well, it was country fried steak. Oh, let's be clear. Country fried steak. Yeah, it's country fried steak. And the eggs you can get any way you want. We got them uh, sunny side up. Mm-hmm. And it's it was white toast. And the toast came with like a wild berry jam. Yeah. Yeah. Because and when you when you had it with the toast, it was you could still feel the seeds in in the jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, they they served it with butter packets and then the the grits. I mean, I'm a sucker for a good kind of that you can really feel that the grit in the grits. The you know, that grainy You like quality. a coarse ground. Uh, yeah. That coarse ground grit. I I love that and I love that they served the grits and toast because when you do a sunny side up or an over easy egg or what my dad would call a dippy egg as a, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. then you can take that toast and the part that I didn't put the jam on, you you can run it through that that egg and, oh my God, then you can get a little bit of the, the grits, a little bit of the eggs, and then you can cut yourself off a, a a piece of this perfectly made country fried steak. And I don't, the, the breading looked a little reddish to me and the gravy. It's just what you envision and what you picture. It's, it's on the album artwork, but it wasn't swimming. It wasn't overly swimming in the gravy so that you couldn't see the texture of that country fried steak. Well, I think it's funny you'd say that. You let me try this. Country fried steak can be so hit or miss for me. It can, yeah. I have seen a lot of places that do a really thick breading. Yeah. That doesn't crisp up. And that can fall off of the meat. Absolutely. Falls off the meat. Mm-hmm. It's, it gets soggy. It never crisps up properly. And... and this yeah. was a darker fry mm-hmm. and crunchy. It, yeah. Had a really nice sear, nice crust, and stayed crunchy from what I could tell. I think I got an early early bite in the steak. But even with the dollop of the, the I think they put sausage gravy on yeah, top of sausage it. Yeah, sausage gravy. Oh, it so stayed good. It stayed crispy. Mm-hmm. The creaminess of the gravy against that coarse ground grit and the egg and the toast. It's just, you could create, I'm a big fan of creating the perfect bite. Mm-hmm. And that, you could create the perfect bite. 
all the way through the steak was crisp. And the breading adhered to the meat and it just, yeah. Mm, I'm a Southern girl. I love that kind of thing. I, I hope that they have it not just as a special periodically or, or rarely because I, I will, I would get it every time. What about your frittata? Well, there are certain things when I go for brunch that I can almost always guarantee that I'm likely to get shrimp and grits is one. Yeah. And they had a shrimp and grits on the menu I almost got, which had chorizo and pepper relish. Sounds amazing. I am a sucker for hash. Yeah. And their hash is baked right into the frittata. So basically, you know, frittata is a is a baked omelet and this had the hash mixed in to the the frittata itself. Um, it was topped with diced tomatoes, little fried onions mm-hmm. on top as well as like a little crunchy element as a garnish and they dusted it with just a little bit of of parmesan cheese. I mean mm-hmm. it was it was just just enough to give it a little bit of color. Mm. The I got it also with white toast and the that berry jam that you were talking about. Yeah. And the grits. You're not kidding. Coarse ground grits topped with cheddar cheese. Mm. Mine were had cheddar shreds mm-hmm. on top. And for me to create the perfect bite was just to create a or to grab a piece of the frittata mm-hmm. and then kind of dunk it in my grits and go. I mean, that was perfect. The the potato hash was substantial. The the mixture of the cheeses that they used tightened up that that frittata. Mm-hmm. An omelet usually has a softer consistency, but with the, the yeah. cheese mixed in and baked, it almost creates a little bit of a crust on the outside. Yeah, where I think they you know they bake this in in a small cast iron skillet, mm-hmm. and that tightens up some so you could cut it with a fork and basically it stays like in a perfect pie shape so you had this perfect firm bite Mm. with that potato hash and then i had the the brightness and the acidity of the tomato that was on top and then the creaminess of the grits it was um it was just a, a fantastic bite all the way around i i had no complaints at all and the plate they serve it on there's this big oval platter and my platter was more than half full of just the frittata yeah and then with my other two sides my toast and my grits my platter was full this was was a big breakfast yeah and yours was i think hanging off the plate yeah as i I recall Oh, my goodness. It was, yeah, yeah. And your frittata, it was in between the consistency of an omelet and a quiche. Yeah. You know? I would say closer to a quiche. Yeah, but without the crust. Right. So. And that's, yeah, I guess that's the better way to define it is that a frittata is a quiche without a crust. There you go. So. There you go. I'm not that fancy. Normally, it's just, just eggs. Well... Yours was great. I was in the mood for steak and eggs. And so they boy, came through. Did I get that? 
So if you are looking for a place that the locals go mm. to check out on a weekend when you're up in Atlanta, let's say you're, you're going to make a day of it along the Beltline, stop in over at Bantam Pub. And if it's on a weekend, late morning, the brunch menu's on, mm-hmm. check them out. Yeah, I don't think they switched over until 3. 3 o'clock. Which was great. Yeah, so if we had gone a little bit later, we'd have had some totally different options for you. That we had talked about on the at the preview episode last week. Mm-hmm. But we came for brunch, and I don't think that... I, I mean, I think you'd probably win either way, even though we didn't technically have those things we discussed. It almost warrants another visit mm-hmm. later in the day. So we may yeah. have to go back to do a little A-B comparison for our listeners. Yeah. So, yeah. And they actually had original cocktails that we will talk about in a quick bite at the end of this week, beginning of next week, you know, as we head into the holiday so that you can get a kind of complete picture of the brunch experience we had. I think that 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 is something that you guys are really going to enjoy hearing about. Yeah. Yeah. So Bantam Pub, check them out. Fantastic. Well, guys, before we go on, we just wanted to take a moment to tell you that this week's episode is sponsored by us. That's right. We don't have a big name sponsor this week. We are just wanting to remind you that if you would like to support the show directly, head on over to our website at runeatdrink.net. Click on support the show. Click on the store link and go check out the Run Eat Drink podcast swag. Pick up a t-shirt, a bar key, a keychain. Any of those items that were custom designed for us by our friends at Pure Creative Apparel, pick one of those up and help support the show. Everything that you buy helps keep the lights on here, helps keep the bandwidth flowing. Head on over to runeatdrink.net and click on support the show and check out the Run Eat Drink podcast store. I am thirsty. All this talking about running and that delicious brunch that we had Mm. has made me a bit parched as well. Yes, yes. And the place that we headed to to sample some local brews inspired by sites on the half marathon course that we'll talk about next week. We've been running this course for the last few years, and in the last couple, we noticed that there was a brewery on the Beltline, the Atlanta Beltline, which is about a two-mile segment of mm-hmm. the Jeff Galloway Half Marathon. Yeah. And we've said to ourselves, hey, we need to go check them out. Hey, we need to go check them out. Well, this year, we checked them out. Made it. Yes, we did. And let me just tell you, the outside of the building is gorgeous. And you could see some of their tanks that they brew mm-hmm. in. And... You walk into that space. That space is huge. They have a rooftop bar. They have a downstairs bar, an outdoor patio, and a special event space. And they even have a growler bar. Yeah, most people who aren't aware of the Beltline don't realize that that two-mile stretch of sidewalk runs right behind a stretch of old restored warehouses back in the 90s these were mostly derelict and these properties over the last 20 years have been purchased and Mm. renovated and 
restaurants and entertainment and fantastic housing has gone into this area and it's really revitalized this part of Atlanta. Yeah. And the guys doing New Realm Brewing really, really went above and beyond with the space. It's gorgeous. It's huge. It It, it is a... Inside. The, it's huge. They... If most breweries that you go to give you the ambiance of a picnic table inside of an old warehouse, this is as far away from that as you could possibly be. It might be in an old warehouse in the middle of a downtown or, or midtown Atlanta, but everything about that place is upscale. They had large carved wooden mural of hops on one wall. The bar top was... I think six inch, four to six inch thick granite mm. that ran the length of the bar. They had a computerized tap system. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, absolutely beautiful decor. I mean, the place kind of mixed the industrial metal, the stonework and woodwork. They had mm. reclaimed wood on, on walls, warm lighting, you know, those Edison lamps. Mm-hmm. It was just a very inviting space. That was incredibly popular when we went. Yes. In all fairness, we should tell you that we went at a time where a Beltline bar crawl was going on. And it was packed. It was packed. And that huge space was just filled with wall-to-wall people. And I think each brewery that we visit has its own special character. There are some smaller spaces that are more intimate, that have like that picnic table seating like you said that just give their own character Mm -hmm. this uh, is a kind of place that i think you'd want to come with a group to have a celebration maybe after you accomplish a race perhaps perhaps it's not really kind of the cheers element to make another reference where you would walk in and you would have, there's just one bartender, there's you and a couple of other people, and then you you all end up having conversations together. It is a humongous place, and it was a super busy place. I mean, I don't know how many bartenders we counted back behind the bar where we were. There were 10 bartenders working, and... <sighs> They were nonstop. Nonstop the entire time we were there. Ours checked on us a couple of times. Yeah. We, well, he, well, I say ours. The gentleman that we dealt with yeah. checked on us a couple of times, but he was just going. Well, yeah. The time back we to sat back down to, to the to time back. we left. And we were there for maybe, what, an hour and a half, two hours? Yeah. So, and he and the other bartenders, they they all checked in on us. They all worked like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, but that there wasn't an opportunity or really the environment to chat up your beer tender. No, because they were so busy. Yeah. So keeping working that, hard, keeping that in mind, you know, you know that type of environment um, may not be the type of brewery environment that everybody's looking for, but I would say when you've got a place that's like this doing this many beers mm-hmm. and doing the 
the quantity of beer mm. that they're that they're doing, the beers are worth checking out. Mm-hmm. So let's check some out. Yeah, I loved their flight delivery system. <laughs> the caddy. The caddy. It was a caddy. It was all wood, and it had the name of their brewery on one side, and then their their logo on the other. And it was like a, the the top of it was a handle, mm-hmm. and then it had space for six beers. And I, they said we could get up to six. We didn't have to get six, but we did. I mean, well, I'm no quitter. Well, for symmetry, I'm no quitter. <laughs> and they. The six beers that it's hold, those are each little tulip glasses that they're yeah. they're sitting in the holder. Mm-hmm. So you got a good size sample, and I tried to spread out the styles that I I had because they had varying styles. Oh, very and much a so. huge menu to choose from. So, I mean, we could very well have not overlapped. But I think we did on a couple. We did overlap on a couple, but yeah. that was because we both just kind of went to the menu and wanted to get our orders in because the place was so busy. Yeah, we did not discuss. So, we were on a mission. And that's okay. So, so. we're going to have a couple of these that we overlap. So yeah. I picked six, you picked six, but yeah. a couple of these are going to overlap. And we yeah. can just talk about each one that we overlap. We'll together. talk about together. Together. So who's going to kick this off? I kicked it off with the United Craft Lager. It's American Light Lager, 4.5 ABV. And it was clean, it was crisp, it was refreshing. And, I, you know, it had a yellow color and it was, it, you could see through it. It wasn't hazy. It, it wasn't cloudy. But it wasn't like a lighter yellow. It was more like a, not necessarily so golden, but like a blondish type. And I, I detected, it, it was very hard when I initially smelled the beer because I didn't get any strong, overwhelming flavors. Mm-hmm. But upon tasting it, I got medium carbonation, Clean, crisp lager flavor and, and slight citrus lemony type flavor. I think that when you let me taste that, I, I actually said, am I getting a little hint of like lemon? Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you there. I It was just easy drinking and, you know, it's, it's 4.5. So you could have, it could be sessionable. Yeah. Yeah, you could have a couple of those. Yeah, especially if you were caught in Florida heat, if they ever do distribute down where we are. So that's, I would get that one again, and I would get a pint of it. I really liked that lager. Okay. Yeah. Well, I went a completely different route. I went with something called The Commissioner. The Commissioner is their Belgian blonde. They say that it is at 5% ABV and 20 IBU, so not very bitter. Mm. Their description says, This Belgian-influenced golden ale was approved to commission New Realm's first packaging lines. Coarse yellow gold with a slight haze. The aroma consists of a light malt character. I saw this beer and was thinking this is going to be 
very akin to, say, a hoe garden. That's what it looks similar like in your in, picture. Yeah. Similar in color. Yeah. Belgian. This is a mostly clear, light golden color with very little on the nose. At least I didn't get anything. Mm. Very light-bodied beer with light to moderate carbonation. This had only the mildest hints of banana or clove in the background. Mm. This was incredibly light, easy to drink, would be a great hot weather beer for those that enjoy Belgians, but without the heaviness. Nice. So yeah. for me, this is, I actually, I, I joked and said, it's like they waved a picture of Belgium by the beer. So very subtle flavors, but you know they're there. You know it's there, but it's, it. this would be a great Belgian to introduce people to Belgians. Mm-hmm. Or it would be one, like I said, if you were doing work outside in the heat, mm-hmm. you like the Belgian flavor profile, yeah. but you don't want the heaviness. Exactly. So it'd be like a predecessor to the cat one we would have at Big Storm. Yeah, this is way lighter than cat one. Mm-hmm. And and um, not saying one better than the other. They're just, they're very different beers. It's and a different mouthfeel. Totally different mouthfeel. Yeah. This is almost akin to a Kolsch, like a okay. poolside Kolsch. Well, something yeah, like that's that. good stuff. Very light. But again, just that hint, that bare hint of, of the Belgian yeast. Mm. So yeah. very different direction than what you did with your your first one. Well, and then I'm going to take it in a very different direction from your Belgian. Okay. Tarts Content was what I had next, and it had a pink color. Yeah. It's a sour Berliner Weiss. 4.6 ABV, and the IBU wasn't listed for the United or for this one okay. on the menu. But the description for Tarts Content on the menu says, this richly fruited Berliner Weiss impresses with its tart, bright citrus and spiced fall flavors of cranberry, orange, and cinnamon. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want a nice fall-esque type beer. That's what the description would lead you to believe, almost like mulled wine spices. Okay. You know, but so 4.6 ABV, so it's not really high on that alcohol by volume scale, but it it was pink, but then at the bottom of the glass, it was almost like a little yellow peeking through. Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, like a like it had a gradient to it. Yeah, almost, almost. And I you know it wasn't spicy cinnamon flavor. They say cinnamon, but it wasn't spicy. It was like the the remnants of the cinnamon that linger. Okay. And so that raspberry tartness or that raspberry color and then that tartness. Mm-hmm. And it I don't know if I got so much orange, like they say in the description, but definitely the remnants of of cinnamon and that tart flavor. Would you get it again? I don't know if I would go a whole pint. Okay. It 
also depends on what you eat. And they have food there. And if we hadn't already eaten, I would love to have tried some of their stuff on the menu and, and seen if maybe this might be a complement to a heavier dish. Something that's a maybe. little more uh, like comfort food for cold weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would say about this one. Hmm. United right. still my favorite over this one. Okay. Well, I'm going to take us back in a totally different direction. Our listeners are going to get whiplash from the directions back we're going. Back and forth and back and forth. It's a variety of styles. Yeah, it is. And I'm totally going off the rails. I went with one of their one of their core beers, their Hoplandia. Mm. An American IPA, 7.3% ABV, 75 IBU. I am puckering just reading this. <laughs> This is the first IPA from brewmaster Mitch Steele, and they say he couldn't have done anything but an IPA. So this IPA is dry hopped with Simcoe and Centennial hops, and it's perfectly hoppy. And I will tell you, their description is not wrong. <laughs> this had a, beer had a medium golden color. Moderate to heavy lacing on the glass as you move the liquid in the glass. You would actually get the foam sticking to the side. Mm. Light carbonation, but medium body. Okay. Very subtle uh, bit of grapefruit peel on the nose. Strong piney hops in the middle. And lingering bitterness on the back of your tongue for the finish. This was not a flavor profile that I typically seek out. But would you have it again? No. This is not a flavor profile that I typically seek out. Okay, so you wouldn't have it again. However. Uh, however, I think there are a lot of IPA fans out there that would love this beer. Mm. I am just, again, I, I'm very picky as to the type of IPAs that I like. This was not in that wheelhouse for me. Not that it was a bad one. It was actually well executed. And okay. again, I can see why people would like it if you like those flavor profiles. Mouthfeel, color, body, everything was great. I just mm -hmm. am not a fan of the strong piney hops. That's just not yeah. my thing. So I hats off to them. They they perfectly executed that that IPA, but <laughs> I'll be I would select a different beer. Oh. Well I'm going to follow your lead. Are you taking us back in a crazy direction? No, I'm I'm keeping us on the path of IPA. Oh, oh, that's what you meant by following the lead. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's not a zig when you zag. It's I'm just, we're going to stay along this path. Okay. Because my next beer in the flight was Hazy Like a Fox. Okay, nice nice name. Hazy, I like some of their names are cute, mm -hmm. or clever, I guess I shouldn't say cute, right? So, Hazy Like a Fox, I got it because in the description it said it was an IPA, New England style. New England style, 6.4 ABV, and this one had an IBU listed at 45. So, a little bit more bitter than what we're used to. And it says it's a double dry hopped to provide juicy pineapple and tangerine flavors, 
brewed with pale malts, oats, wheat, flaked barley, and lactose. Oh, so they use lactose. Yeah. So that's probably going to have a heavier mouthfeel, I'm guessing. So my my notes and my picture, that the picture is, it's hazy. That's a pretty, I'm, I'm looking at the picture, so, that's a pretty hazy yellow beer, yeah. Yeah, and the yellow is not like a golden yellow, it's not like, like a banana yellow, I guess. Almost. It's kind of like that, and you can't really see through it. Not at all. Yeah, and it had a little, you know, it had bubbles at the top. It didn't have a really large head on the top. Mm-hmm. So light yellow, hazy, not see-through. It smelled on the aroma like citrus hops. And it did have pineapple and tangerine flavors, light carbonation, and it just wasn't overly hoppy. You let me taste this one. Yeah. I remember, and I, and I actually it. enjoyed this one. I liked it, and it made me think of the education we got at Southern Swells yes. about New England IPAs. Yep. And how, and, and in talking with them about the different hops, and we like the citra hops. Absolutely. So, I, and the pineapple and the tangerine flavors. Yeah. Would I have a pint of it? I might go for that depending on what I was eating. Okay. It wasn't my favorite of the whole entire flight, but I was surprised at how much I liked it. I liked that one a lot more personally than the Hoplandia because I have figured out that I'm a fan of those hazy Northeastern style IPAs. Yeah, and who knew, really? So, yeah. All right. Well, what I'm, you got? I'm going back to some more familiar territory for oh, me, okay. especially this time of year. Oh. They had on their menu something called the Bavarian Prince Oktoberfest Marzen. This Uh-oh. is a Marzen-style beer, 6.3% ABV, 30 IBU, so not very bitter on the IBU scale. Mm. A classic Marzen style of Oktoberfest with dark amber color. European multi flavors and aromas with a balanced floral hop character. This is their description. Mm. This was a clear but caramel colored oh, yeah. beer. Good way to describe it. That had a very, not much of a head on it and just a light to medium body, mm-hmm. medium carbonation, yeah. uh, dark amber color. Strong mm. malty notes with a slight bitter finish on the back of the tongue. This was a very good representation of an Oktoberfest Marzen. How does it rank on all on the scale of all the Oktoberfests that we have had for you? I would put it up there in the top three. Would you really? Yeah, they did a very nice job with this beer. I enjoyed it a lot. It had it just That's enough, good. just enough bitterness without you know blowing you away. And those malty notes really came through. This was not as sweet as some other Marzins that we've had. Right. Which I I actually like. You like the lack of sweetness or you like it to be sweeter? I liked liked the lack of sweetness. I thought that was a nice change. It's different. It's different. But I think that the sweetness in some Oktoberfests can be really good when you're having some heavy German food. Also true. Yeah. So, 
it's in your top three. Yeah. Okay. Now, I think this might be where we we Do we share this next one that I'm about to talk about? I think so. Yeah? Okay. Because I I love the name. (laughs) And I didn't pick it for the style because it's a double IPA or an imperial IPA. Mm-hmm. Right, Tyrannosaurus Flex, eight and a half percent ABV. It's a New England style, though. It's a double IPA, and I I know they have a detailed description here. Well, I jotted their description down. This yeah. is what they say is it's an imperial IPA, a hazy mm. double imperial IPA hopped exclusively with hops from New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand. Yeah. Waiiti, Motorka, and Rokau hops combined with Norwe- Norwegian Kvik yeast. Give this monster double IPA Cretaceous amounts of juicy, fruity flavor. <laughs> wow. Sorry, sorry. I mean, they they really, they really, you know, took that metaphor for all it was worth. I feel like it had a hoppier aroma than it tasted hoppy. Okay. Just does that make sense? I'm like, it was a hazy golden color, mm-hmm. right? But it wasn't as hoppy as I expected. It was a citrus hop and it wasn't that bitter. It's funny you'd say that. What did you think? I actually said, so it starts out with a surprising tartness, which I wasn't ah. expecting. But only a mild hoppiness in the middle. And mm-hmm. my notes say, surprisingly not as bitter as one might expect. Yeah. With yeah. just a, some moderate bitterness on the finish. I mean, it was there, and I thought it had a, a lighter, for being an what an eight and a half percent, mm-hmm. that it had a lighter body than expected, and a medium style carbonation. And I liked I liked the look of this beer. Also, mm-hmm. it had that that hazy but darker golden color that was just yeah. very pretty. Yeah. Good looking beer. Yeah. Good tasting beer too. Yeah. And okay, I think that we may have overlapped on this one as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I That's true. I went a different direction, or I thought I was going a different direction, <laughs> and I chose something called Schwartz and All. Well, we did go in a different style direction. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I ended with uh, two darker beers in my flight, so this is my... As did I. Fifth beer in my flight, fifth beer yeah. in your flight. Yeah. This Schwartz and All is a Schwartz beer which I believe is basically a black lager. Yes. And that is 6.4% ABV. Mm-hmm. And they, they said uh, that they cranked the strong black lager up to 6.4% ABV. Schwartz and all Imperial Schwartz beer was made because our brewery was flush with a healthy crop of lager yeast. So hmm. they made it for that reason alone and that's okay because the end result I thought was excellent. This was a very dark, almost opaque beer, letting yeah. just the tiniest amount of light through. Just a little. Very light body. Mhm. Very forward with toasted malt. And I said in my notes that this could easily be confused by some as being a porter. 
Well, I said it smelled like a stout at the outset. That's what I said. And I said it had a cocoa nose and stronger carbonation than I expected. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? Yes, I did. Would you get a pint of it? Yes. It was not syrupy. It was not like a dessert beer. Not at all. And I think if you actually had consumed some of it in, in those little sample glasses that we had, and then you kind of swirled it, it would not coat the glass. So it's not it's not a thicker, dessertier type of beer, but I think that you could have it well, like a, this I is, don't know, with a Guinness stew on a cold day or something like that. This would be a great burger beer too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a meaty, hearty dish. Your problem with this one is that I think it drank very, it was very smooth, mm-hmm. but it had a 6.4 ABV. So it's starting to climb a scale. So this one would sneak up on you a little bit. Yeah, so but I liked it. Very good. Yeah. So I hope that they have some extra lager yeast laying around and they continue Keep it going. to make that. That's an Keep excellent beer in their lineup. Yeah. So. Okay. Last but not least, for you. I This is the highest ABV I had. I think that might be the highest ABV on their menu. Let, well, I don't know. Is it? it? It might be. I think it is. Well, at any rate, it's 10.7 ABV, and there was no IBU listed for this. This is an imperial stout called the Oaxaca Chaka. Oaxaca Chaka. I'm thinking of Chaka Khan now all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't anyway. It's any I don't even know where that came from, but it's an imperial Mexican chocolate stout brewed with vanilla, cinnamon, chili peppers, and locally roasted cacao nibs from our Beltline neighbors. Uh so they it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration. I can't Jacolan. I can't pronounce it. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. We'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah. Well, we have a link to their website in the description and everything there. It just, I, it's chocolate with an X combined with ATL from Atlanta. I don't think that that has anything to do with it at all. Okay. But that's how it's spelled. That's X-O-C-O-L-A-T-L. Okay. Okay. Common spelling. That's not a common spelling. That's not a common spelling. Okay. Krog Street Market in Atlanta is where that comes from. Okay. Okay. The cacao nibs. Anyway. Yeah. So... When I think of Mexican chocolate, I think of a spicier cinnamon type chocolate. And this beer, when I look back at my photo, it it's dark. No, there's no light passing through the bottom of that glass. And it didn't have a really big head on it. So it wasn't see-through. That That's just a light. That's just the glare. But it had a waxy smell. And I don't know where that comes from but it had the flavors of mexican hot chocolate if you're the abuelita chocolate that you get 
at holiday time or you have to go sometimes to a specialty grocery store or market that would have that cinnamon or that extra little kick, that extra little spice in the chocolate. It smelled of cinnamon, but it didn't have a bite when you drank it like a like a little spicy bite. It was almost like the remnants of a cinnamon stick. I'm wondering if the waxiness that you were smelling was from the pepper. I the guess pepper. because it said it said it has, you know, the the chili pepper. So it was like the wax. You know, what is that beer that we got at Wine and Dine that one year Billy's over Chili's. in the Americas? Billy's Chili is like that waxy kind of finish or flavor essence in there in the beer. Mm-hmm. And it had a heavy body and it was just dark. It was dark. I, I still think that the United Craft Lager is my favorite of all the six that I had. Wow. But... I mean, this was a good Mexican chocolate stout. If you've never had Mexican hot chocolates, and you mentioned Abuelita, Mm -hmm. that's a Nestle product you can pick up at most grocery stores if you go to often the international food section, Mm -hmm. and and the chocolate comes in these solid uh, little cakes, and you can just break those Break a piece off, put that in your in in your milk, and you, you know, bring it to temperature on the stove. Mm-hmm. And it has everything. It has the sugar. It has the the cinnamon. Spice. It has the nutmeg. It yep. has a little bit of chili. It's perfect. Um, I think they were going for that. Do you think that they succeeded? I don't know. I mean, now that you're saying that waxiness is from the pepper, I get it. I wasn't really thinking about the peppers in the beer when I was tasting the beer. You were looking for heat. I w- yeah, I was thinking that I would get heat and not, not a waxy flavor. I we've seen it before with chili beers where mm-hmm. it can it can go one of it can, you can get both or you can get one or the other. Mhm. And that was stronger on the waxier side. I don't know. I think it was well executed. I just it wasn't my favorite of the flight. Okay. But I think if you like those flavors, it's worth it to at least get it as part of a flight. Try it. Yeah. What What did you think? I liked it. Yeah. I don't know that I would do a whole pint of it. Like yeah. you said, if I were doing a flight, getting, getting the smaller taste taster it. with it. Yeah. That would be the way to go with that one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I ended my flight with a dark beer as well. Mm. This is something called the Pastry Porter Horse, and this is their Imperial Porter. They have this listed at 8.9% ABV, and their description says, Saddle up for this rich, sweet Imperial Porter with toasted coconut and cacao nibs. English chocolate and German Pilsner malts provide an enticing chocolate profile. And this was a very dark beer, very similar in a lot of respects to the Schwartz beer. It was dark, almost opaque, Mm. even when held up to the light. Medium carbonation with only a light to medium body. And I said that this beer tasted very similar to a local favorite that we have here in Florida that's made by J-Dubs Brewing in Sarasota, Florida called their bell cow chocolate porter. An excellent beer. And this 
basically pulls off the trick that I think your last beer failed to do. Or was trying to do. It was trying to and failed. And this one tries and succeeds. This Mm. basically is grown-up chocolate milk in a glass. Yeah. And it's a high ABV grown-up chocolate milk in a glass. Mm. You get perfect chocolate notes on this beer. It is definitely not something that feels like it's 8.9% ABV. Mm. So this one, I would say... Dessert beer for sure. Ah, yeah. But it's not sickly sweet. Mm-hmm. So you get uh, you get that chocolate essence without that that cloying sweetness that a lot of a lot of dessert dessert beers tend to have. Oh yeah, where you can't really have a whole lot of it. You might be able to have like a two ounce pour or something. And because of the lighter body on this one, light to medium body, it's it's more drinkable. Yeah. So they did an excellent job on this one. Not my favorite of the flight. What's your favorite of the flight? My favorite of the flight is going to be the Schwartz beer. It was so good. I think that's second to the United Craft Lager I had. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we had a pretty excellent range of beers. A wide variety. And I think they're successful on multiple levels with multiple styles. Absolutely. New realm. And I can't wait to go back and try their food. Yeah. We'll have to give them another shot when there's not a bar crawl going on. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely a place worth checking out the next time you are in Atlanta, you're looking for a brewery with food options and you're in the heart of downtown or midtown Atlanta, go check out New Mm. Realm Brewing. Yes. Next week. We are going to be covering oh. the Northside Hospital Orthopedic Institute Half Marathon. Powered by Jeff Galloway. We're also going to be talking about a place that is a favorite of mine from college that is still there doing it right called The Highlander. I totally see why. I can't wait to talk about it. And we're going to the west side of town to a up-and-coming brewery called Scofflaw Brewing Company. Oh, such a great place. And we're also going to have a special quick bite for you guys where we sat down with their head brewer, Joe McIntyre. Can't wait to share that with you. In the meantime, the holiday is quickly approaching and we've gotten a few, but we still want to give you the opportunity to submit a one-minute message with your holiday wish for someone in your life or for something in your life. So submit it with your name, where you're from, and what you're sharing, your holiday wish. Info at runeatdrink.net, info at runeatdrink.net, or Call us and leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 941-677-2733. That's 941-677-2733. And if you submit yours. And we choose it. And we choose it on and put it on the show. You will get some red run, eat, drink podcast. Swag. As a little Christmas thank you from 
your favorite runcationing podcasters. Yes, there's still plenty of time because we will not record that episode until the 23rd. So get your submission in. If you want to congratulate someone on their PR, their first marathon, half marathon, 5K, awesome weight loss accomplishment, or just to say thank you to a restaurateur or a brewer for providing fantastic food or beverage, this is your chance. 941-677-2733 or info at runeatdrink.net. Keep those submissions to about a minute. Tell us your name and where you're calling from and then send out your best wishes. That's going to do it for episode 91. Thanks for tuning in on your commute or your long run. We can't wait to talk to you next week. In the meantime, I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink, Pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.